Hey Changemaker, Julia Wicklander here. Welcome to this episode about the importance of engaging in politics to fix our broken societies and create change ourselves. And I have a very special guest to help us navigate this topic. With me today is Amanda Littman from Brooklyn, New York. She is the co-founder and executive director of Run For Something, which recruits and supports young, diverse progressives running for local office in the United States. Since 2017, they've identified more than 120,000 young people across the country who want to run. She's also the author of the book, Run For Something, a real talk guide to fixing the system yourself, and has previously hosted two podcasts, Run For Something, the podcast on Dear Media, and Battleground from The Recount. Her work has been honored by institutions like Politico, Bloomberg, and Fortune, and in 2022, Amanda was named as one of the rising stars shaping the world in the Time 100 Next list. Prior to launching Run for Something, Amanda has worked with several political campaigns, including as email director for Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign and as an email writer for Barack Obama's 2012 re-election campaign. As a human rights defender in Sweden and campaigner for global solidarity, this was such an important conversation for me. After the latest election here in my country, which has opened up for nationalism, racist policies, and a dismantling of the right to asylum, among so much more, it really feels eerily similar to the wake of the Donald Trump presidential election in the U.S. We talk about the devastation of that election and how it sparked Amanda to start Run For Something. We talk about her entrepreneurial journey that has led her to so much change already, uh, which we can see after the latest midterm election in the U.S., where young people and people from diverse backgrounds were participating in ways they haven't in the past. This episode was recorded prior to that election, so I'm sure we would have been able to dig so much deeper into those aspects had we spoken after. Um, this conversation gives me so much hope and inspiration for the younger generations to be active participants in a more equal and just world. Here is my conversation with Amanda Littman. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining Hate Changemaker today. Thank you for having me. So um, you have, throughout the years, helped thousands of people or over a thousand people run for local office in the U.S. Um, and you've worked with Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton on their campaigns, presidential campaigns. And so if we go back to the beginning, why politics? What was it that brought you into politics to actually make an impact? You know, I wish I had some more compelling story or moment or reason. The truth is I was one of those people who always knew I wanted to work in politics. I grew up in the DC suburbs in Northern Virginia, but my parents were not political. They didn't work in the government or on political campaigns. Um, I, from a young age, always knew that I wanted to do something that made a difference in the world. I wanted to do something interesting. I wanted to do something impactful. Um, and from the moment I started really paying attention to campaigns around me in the Republican state where I was growing up, I knew that campaigns were it. And it's not, I, I wasn't really sure kind of like what my role would be. I was thinking maybe political journalism for a while, maybe something um, on the media side, maybe writing, but 
by the time I got to college, I went to Northwestern for school. I knew I wanted to work on campaigns for people like Barack Obama. I skipped a day of high school when I was a junior to go see him speak before he'd even announced his presidential campaign. And I was hooked. I never heard a candidate or a politician speak in such a way that that brought me in. Mm. So when I was looking for universities, I figured I want to go somewhere where I can work for someone like him, ideally, exactly yeah. him. It's not a great reason to pick a university, <laughs> but it's not a bad one. Um, I, so throughout college, I studied American studies. I wrote my thesis on women running for office against other women and how that changes gender performance in TV mm. ads. Um, and by the time I was a senior, got an internship on the Obama re-election campaign, was hired before I graduated, and have been working in politics ever since. Wow. Wow. So, yeah, it was pretty much from the beginning. Um, and and after a while, after running on, you know, Barack's campaign or supporting different campaigns, um, you started your own organization called Run for Something, um, co-founded Run for Something. Tell us, like, what what sparked you to, you know, do your own thing and tell us about that journey. So after working for President Obama in 2012, I stayed working for his nonprofit for a year in Chicago. I then moved to Florida to work on the governor's race there in 2014. And then in 2015, moved up to New York to work for Secretary Clinton's presidential campaign. I was her email director, so managing online fundraising and volunteer recruitment. And it was a <laughs> impossible, incredible, uh, miserable, amazing mm. experience. All of those things all at once um, for two years. Yeah. And we lost. And that was yeah. crushing. Mm -hmm. It was crushing for my beliefs. It was crushing personally. It was crushing professionally. Um, it was crushing for democracy. It was, it was like grieving. Yeah. About a week after election day, I got a message from someone I went to college with. Hey, Amanda, I'm a public school teacher in Chicago. I'm thinking about running for office. Seems like if Trump can do this, anyone can do it. What do I do? Yeah. And I didn't have an answer for him. I didn't know where someone like him would go if you're at 20 or 30 something, not a ton of money, new to the political space, but wanted to actually lead. There was nowhere you could go that would take your call. And that to me felt like a symptom of big problems, not just with mm. my political party, but with our democracy. So I reached out to a whole bunch of people with an idea. What if we created an organization that could solve this problem, that could be the place for a young person who wants to run for office to go? One of those folks became my co-founder, Ross Morales Ricardo. He's been working in campaigns for about 15 years. And we built a plan and we wrote, built a website and wrote a plan. We put it on my credit card and said, we'll file the paperwork. And then we launched Run for Something on Trump's inauguration day in January 2017. Mm -hmm. We thought this will be a cool side project. <laughs> What a fun hobby. This will be a way to stay engaged in politics while we take real jobs. Um We thought we'd get a hundred young people who wanted to run for local office in the first year. We had a thousand people sign up in the first week. As wow. of today, we have more than- In the first week? First week. Wow. We now have more than 125,000 young people all across the country who've raised their hands. We've endorsed mm. more than 2,300. We've helped elect nearly 700 um, with hundreds more on the ballot in just a couple weeks. And it has been <laughs> just the best. It was very hard, mm. very, very hard. But wow. just the best, most optimistic, most inspiring work I ever could have imagined. Mm. So I'm sure that that helped with the grieving because, you know, I just told you before this call that, you know, girl, I'm in Sweden. We're currently experiencing a similar situation 
like when Trump was elected in the U.S. And it is a, 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 a time of grief and really a lot of hopelessness, a lot of uh, anger, all the emotions. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, did this was this something that helped you through that? One hundred percent. You know, and I think especially back to 2017 and 2018, when I was so sad and so angry and so frustrated with this idea that the people who had told me this could never happen were wrong. The yeah. institutions that were supposed to set up to keep something like this from happening had failed me. Mm. And I personally and professionally didn't know what would come next. So starting this thing that both gave me purpose, quite literally like day to day, I had something very concrete to do, but also put me in contact with people all across the country who were not willing to just wait around, who are willing to change their lives, change their careers, to change their communities, and ultimately, I think, change the world. It was so beautiful mm. like to get to meet the, the woman running for state house in Texas who had to stop what while knocking doors in her local community to throw up because she was in the early days of her pregnancy and then had to go um, leave a protest to give birth and then come back a few weeks later and win her election and then bring her baby to the state capitol floor and be a part of that experience with her from the beginning all the way through. Like, yeah, a lot of times politics sucks. <laughs> a lot of times government can disappoint, but there are good people trying to make it better. And to be with them on that mm. experience has been really made me think that maybe government is good. Maybe this can be yeah. good if we engage with it in a way that, ma that matters. Yeah, amazing. And it's so hopeful. And um, after the Supreme Court's decision in the U.S. that has, you know, just the whole world has been watching um, and the overturn of, of Roe versus Wade. And, and after that, thousands of people signed up to run for something. Um, what do they want to do? How will you help them? And what's your hope for, for that movement? Well, I think it's been particularly um, inspiring to see after moments like the Roe v. Wade decision, but even years before, um, anytime something bad happened, waves of people would sign up to run. Um, mm. In particular, with the Roe v. Wade decision, as the access to abortion care gets unfortunately punted down to state by state, and in some places county by county or town by town, it really, really matters who's mm. in these offices. And we've seen the impact of this already. We've seen city councils set up funding mechanisms and infrastructure to help people access the care they need. Um, we've seen state legislatures refuse to pass really extreme abortion bans um, because a singular uh, progressive state legislator refuses to buckle and and holds her ground like what happens in Nebraska. Amazing. That meaningful action um, helps, I think, inspire even more young people to say, let me get in the game. Let me run. Let me try and win. At the very least, let me make sure that the people who are espousing these really extreme and often dangerous viewpoints that are counter to everything we know, both in science and honestly in politics, are at the very least folks have an option that if they disagree with them, they can make their voice heard. Um, yeah. So it's going to be a really long fight back to win back the rights that we know we very much need and deserve um, and go even further. And um, I'm really glad that we are building a pipeline of folks who are ready to do that fight and do that work for the long haul. 
Mm, amazing. And you're working with progressives. Tell us a little bit about the individuals that you select and, and uh, yeah, the candidates that you actually support. Yeah. Um, so Run for Something works exclusively with uh, a very specific demographic. We're looking for folks 40 and under. So it's young people, generally speaking, millennials, Gen Zers, and now, you know, folks even below that. Um, that's in part because young people are wildly underrepresented in government, and also because the experience of running for office as a 20 or 30 something is very different than that of a 50 or 60 year old. And while there are a lot yeah. of spaces that are really welcoming to older folks because they often have a lot of money, um, young people tend to be dismissed as risky candidates and risky bets. We want to be a safe place for them. So we work with young people. We are looking for people who are running for local office. So um, that means state house, state senate, city council, school board, library board, coroner, American River Flood Control District trustee. You know, there are more Amazing. Than, yeah. There are more than <laughs> half a million elected offices in the United States. Most of them are not Congress. They're not president. They're not governor. They're part-time, barely paid, if at all, meaningful positions that make a difference in people's lives. They're also the people who then go on to run for governor and Congress and president one day. So as we think about both short-term and long-term, these local positions make a really big impact. We work with people who are running for the first or second time. So folks who've never done this before, who maybe have never really been a part of the political process. Many of the folks we work with have been organizers and activists and have showed up to school board meetings and have run into a government in a way that has made their lives harder. So they're running to help make it easier. But generally speaking, um, these are folks who are very new to this space. And then we look for people who share our values. And for us, that's progressive, meaning pro-equality, pro-tolerance, pro-choice, um, pro-unions, pro-working families, uh, against gun violence, and pro-taking meaningful action on climate change, um, pro-access to affordable health care and higher education. But you'll notice we don't actually have a clear like litmus test on policies. Um, one of the things that we're really trying to hammer home with the folks we work with is you've got to run for the place you're in. And mm -hmm. I live in New York City. The way that a candidate might run or talk about an issue in New York City is going to be very different than the way that someone in Alaska or Iowa or Florida might do so. They're talking yeah. about different issues and tackling different things. So we operate from a place of as long as you share our values, we can trust you to, to act on them in a way that makes sense for where you are. Okay. And, and do you have uh, an affiliation with any political parties specifically? We work um, primarily with candidates who identify as Democrats. Um, many of the folks we engage with are running in nonpartisan races. Um, like a lot of school board races, a lot of municipal elections just don't have party affiliation as part of them. Um, if there was a Republican who met all of our criteria in terms of values, they're probably not a Republican. So like it doesn't, <laughs> it's hard to yeah. say, but we're not an official party entity in any way. No. Okay. Interesting. So right now, I mean, in Sweden, in the US, in many countries across the world, there is a growing dislike with politicians, with the political scene, the landscape in general. Um, I mean, this, the just the spread of accusing things to be fake news, um, you know, changing facts, <laughs> um, the media driven by profit and um, clickbait. I mean, there's so many things that are affecting the political landscape negatively and people dislike it. And there is, you know, a lot of, 
yeah, resistance towards politics. Um, what do you think about that? And how can we be a part of changing the political landscape? I think it's really easy to hate politicians because they are characters on TV or on the internet that you don't know. It is much harder to hate the person who comes to your door and says, hi, I'm um, Joanna. I want to talk to you about your taxes. I'm um, Sarah. I want to talk to you about our schools. One of the things that we have found to be the most meaningful way to cut through all of that noise is to actually have politicians get to know people. And it's really mm -hmm. hard for like a president or even a member of Congress to actually do that. There's too many people for them to talk to. Um, but for a school board candidate or a city council candidate or a state legislative candidate even, it's absolutely possible and in fact preferred um, for the candidate to be able to build those relationships with voters. It is much harder to hate someone you actually know and to be mm -hmm. and much harder to distrust them. Not to say it's impossible, um, but it helps cut through the noise. So it's one of the things that I've loved about the work we've been doing over the last five and a half years is that our candidates especially have been running in places where folks who share our values haven't really engaged. We've worked with so many people who have been the first or only Democrat to run in their community in decades or ever, mm -hmm. which means in that place, most people have never met someone who's running for office and asking for their vote. That makes it really easy to buy into some of the mis and disinformation to to feed the eat the narrative that you're being fed online and on TV. Now, it's not the only solution, <laughs> and I think it's a really important part of it. Mm, yeah, the meeting and that connection that you have with people is really, you know, makes it makes a huge impact. Um, and not to have all conversations taking place over Instagram or <laughs> social media. Um, so what would you say are the most important qualities for a candidate running for office today? Um, you know, for us, we really look at it from three criteria as you think about running for office. The first is, are you able to answer the, some, some important questions? Um, what is the problem you care about solving? Like, what is the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning? Not why do you want to be this position, but what do you want to do in this position? Whether for good to make things better or for worse to stop harm. Um, well, not for worse, but to stop harm. Uh, what is the problem you care about solving? Two, how does this office you're running for give you a place to solve it? What does it mean? If you care about fixing schools, how is running for school board the place to do that? If you care about fixing schools, what are you going to do from state legislature, from city council? You got to be able to, to to connect the dots for people. And the third question is, why should voters want you to win? Which is different than why do you want to win? You want to win because winning sucks. Winning is great and losing sucks. <laughs> mm -hmm. Voters want you to win because you're going to deliver something really specific for them. If you are able to answer those three questions, everything else about your campaign is much easier. It's just logistics. It's plotting back from election day to When can people start voting? How do they start voting? How many voters am I going to have to talk to? How much time do I have to talk to them? How much money do I need to spend in order to do that? What kind of staffing help do I need? Who are the partners I need to bring on? It's hard. I never want to pretend it's not hard, but it's not rocket science. It's just mm -hmm. logistics. And you can really just map it out. And that's what writing a campaign plan is. Um, and mm -hmm. the best candidates are not the ones who can raise the most money, although money certainly helps, but they're the ones who are willing to put in the most work and are willing to knock doors, make calls, and talk to voters. Mm -hmm. If you have the answer to the three questions I laid out earlier, you know what you're going to say when you end up having those, going to those doors and picking up the phone. Mm. 
So what if someone is scared? <laughs> like what, what, what piece of advice do you have to individuals who are interested and really, you know, have that passion, know the answer to those three questions, but feel frightened because of, because of how politics, you know, are today? Yeah. What, what, what do you say to them? It is scary. And in fact, anyone who goes into this and isn't scared is delusional. And um, much like the people who are afraid of flying and get on the plane anyway, you just got to do it afraid. And the mm -hmm. thing that makes it possible is that you are not alone. It's one of the things Run for Something has been really intentional about as we build our program is connecting candidates to each other and to people who've done this before, because it is a really scary experience and are often will feel very personal. But especially for women, for people of color, for LGBTQIA folks, for anyone who doesn't meet the traditional definition of what a politician or a leader looks like, your candidacy and the attacks that you get are going to feel like they're about you, but they're not about you. They're about the change mm -hmm. that you represent and the community that you're bringing with you into the room. So we're going to be there to help you know that we've got your back, that people like you have your back, that your team and your community and your network has your back. It, if it's not scary, <laughs> you're missing how it's going to go. You've got to be clear-eyed about this. And we got you. We'll do our best at least. Mm, that's amazing. I know that you are also um, up for another adventure <laughs> being eight, eight and a half months pregnant. And I'm not going to keep you for so much longer. Um, but I would also just want to ask if you have one piece of advice for people who are looking to do something similar perhaps in their countries or to, uh, you know, start their own organization. Um, yeah. What, what do you wish you knew when you started run for something? Um, is there something that could help others? Yeah, it is so hard. And I think this is the thing I say to, you know, I get a lot of folks reaching out to me being like, I want to start a thing. I want to do this in my community, whatever. And the thing I, I constantly is like, it's going to feel like you are pushing a boulder uphill in the snow with 50 mile per hour winds and a, a giant sitting on top of that boulder, just like taunting you at every minute. It is going to feel impossible. That is not because you are a failure or you can't do it or you shouldn't do it. It is because you're trying to do a hard thing. It is hard because it's hard. That is not a reflection of who you are and your skills and your capacity. Hmm. When I think back, especially to those first two or three years, I like my co-founder and I often talk about it like in a fugue state. Like we've we've repressed the the hard parts. You know, as I look forward to having a newborn in hopefully the next six or seven weeks, I am told that the newborn phase is very similar and that you have amnesia about how bad it is. Um, I'm like, I've been there. I know how bad growing a thing can be. It is really impossible. Mm -hmm. And you will, it, if you fail, that is not a reflection of you. That is a, a statement on the impossibility of the task ahead of you. And if you succeed, so much of it is luck. Like run mm -hmm. for something is thrive. Yes, because my co-founder and I have been really intentional and strategic and all that, but also it was the right idea for the right time. Yeah. We got lucky and I will be the first mm -hmm. to say that. So know that when you try to start something, it's going to be really hard and you shouldn't take that personally because it's not about you. 
Oh, that's such good advice and something that I need to hear as well. I mean, it is running an organization, starting something yourself. It is, you know, when things don't go as you wish, you do take it personally. And I think that distinction is really important to understand that we're facing some really difficult things and we're in it for the long term. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for taking time to speak with me today. And um, I wish you the best of luck with Run for Something um, and for your um, last few weeks of pregnancy and um, everything ahead of you. Thank you. So thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. What an inspiring changemaker Amanda is. I hope she will inspire you to keep going even when things look really hopeless. She has definitely done that for me. Given that today's conversation has really touched upon the topic of social entrepreneurship, I want to share an exciting upcoming opportunity with Girls Globe. In early 2023, we will be releasing an Entrepreneurship for Changemakers program to help you build the foundation as an impactful and sustainable entrepreneur. From personal development to strategic planning, this program will help you to put the most important pieces together to succeed and create lasting change. If you're interested in participating in that program and gaining access to any early offers, go to learn.girlsglobe.org to sign up to be the first to know more. If you're eager to dive into learning before the end of the year, our popular online course, Digital Storytelling for Impact, is open for enrollment. It was really through the power of storytelling that I was able to build a global community of changemakers for gender equality, human rights, sustainability, and social justice. As the founder and president of Girls Globe, I have also seen the needs of passionate individuals and organizations to gain support for their work online. I know how difficult it can be to prioritize between different online activities and even to commit to digital communications at all. That's why I created this course, to support you to have a lasting impact through digital storytelling by strengthening your confidence in your unique strengths and perspectives, creating clarity in your purpose, vision, and stories, and helping you to strategically build an engaged online community of supporters. But this course is actually so much more. It's really about identifying how powerful your voice is. Now is the time for you to learn how to use it impactfully in our digital world. So you can learn more about the course, hear from past participants, um, and enroll yourself or a group of changemakers you want to support at learn.girlsglobe.org. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Hey Changemaker with me, Julia Wicklander. You can learn more about Amanda's work at runforsomething.net or follow her on Twitter or Instagram. You can find all the links in the show notes. If you know of anyone who would appreciate this episode, please, please share it with them. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. That way more people can find it. Let's build solidarity to create ripple effects of positive change around the world. It is an honor to have you along with me, learning and growing. Until next week, please remember how powerful you are. You truly are a change maker.